Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 12 through 17, the gospel according to John, chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, and canticle 13. In the name of our one God in three persons, blessed Trinity, who creates us, reconciles us, and sustains us. Good morning, and you may be seated. Well, here we are, gathered together, ever hopeful people, and in the middle of our Christian year. The first half of this year focused on the life of Jesus the miraculous coming of God's self, being born of Mary and depending wholly on us, suffering in solidarity with us, then culminating in an Easter resurrection and the gift of everlasting life. Now, last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and man, did Joyce preach it. Now, going forward, we are to revisit the teachings of Jesus, how to live in the power of that Holy Spirit, to love, to love God and our neighbor. Our existence is about being and doing love. And today at mid-year, we pause to center ourselves we contemplate the being of God, who is love and who is the ground of our being. God is truly an enigma, a diversity of three holy persons, but joined in their divine dance of being one unified and complete God, of being love. So thank you for being here today, and thank you for being Church of our Redeemer, for being a house of love. The readings we heard today describe awesome and really majestic images of the Holy Trinity. Isaiah sees God in royal dress, sitting high and lofty on a throne and the hem of their robe fills the temple, attended by six-winged seraphs, chanting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. Notice their chant includes three holies. In his letter to the Romans, Paul makes a very good case for living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul assures us that all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. God nurtures us. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells Nicodemus, one must be baptized by water and the Holy Spirit. Just like we did last week, baptizing Hattie and Zeke, 
and welcoming them into our family. In the Gospel of John, Jesus then proclaims as an act of divine love that God gave their only child, who was also, remember, baptized, to save all of us. And we are being saved at this moment. The doctrine of the Trinity evolved over time, and you know I think still is evolving. After all, it is really a truly challenging thing to grasp the true nature of God's being. We see through a glass darkly, you know, it's like seeing flickering shadows in a dark cave. I mean, we have imperfect vision for one just example, just one example, one of my pet things is uh, through our imperfect and myopic lens of being human, we seem to assign God genders. What God is certainly about is relationships. Relationship of God with God and of God with us. And those Relationships have one thread in common, love. When love is present, it is present in community. Love does not exist alone. In God's case, three is not a crowd. God enjoys God's own company being, by being three persons, loving one another all around, kind of like a circle, yet being one love. And our very creation and existence are an outpouring, an overflow of that love. And God enjoys our being, our being around. God enjoys our company and invites us to participate. There are much simpler images used to describe the Trinity. Now, as mundane as they are, they do avoid such, issue, such issues as like assignment of gender. For example, the geometry of an equilateral triangle or of a circle or putting on a, a circle on an equilateral triangle, which is called a trikurta. It's a Celtic thing. Then there's the three phases of matter solid, liquid, and gas, like liquid water, ice, and steam. And by the way, real steam is actually invisible, which brings to mind that invisible light is refracted by a prism in multiple colors. And speaking of colors, <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream has three, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Now, isn't that sweet? St. Patrick used the shamrock to explain the Trinity to the Irish. So that got me to wondering, if he was into nature, how he would use the prolific cicadas to describe the Trinity some, to some person. 
Now, another way to understand the Holy Trinity is through iconography. In the Eastern Orthodox churches, icons are venerated and used in worship extensively. And my own affinity for icons came from my Russian Orthodox grandmother who had one or two around her house. The well-known icon of the Holy Trinity is shown in the bulletin. The one there is a contemporary reproduction painted by Eileen McCookin. The original was painted in the fifth century by Andrei Rublev in memory of Sergius, who was a Russian saint. Janice and I were absolutely thrilled to see the original one in Moscow on our pilgrimage to Russia with the Miami Valley Episcopal Russian Network some years ago. In the book of Revelation, John says that we enter heaven through a door. Well, icons are windows to heaven. And as it is with windows, if you look just right in a certain way, you can also see your reflection. In his book, Behold the Beauty of the Lord, Praying with Icons, Henry Nouwen calls the three angels in the icon a holy circle, a house of love. The Holy Trinity icon depicts the story in Genesis when Sarah and Abraham encounter three strangers who are, turns out, who are recognized as angelic visitors and recognized as the very presence of God, prescient of the Holy Trinity. As an act of generous hospitality, Abraham and Sarah offer their guests precious water to quench their desert thirst and to wash their dusty feet. Then they prepare a meal of bread, butter, milk, and meat. The holy messengers proclaim that Sarah, in her advanced age, will bear their son Isaac, so long promised to them by God. Well, of course, Remember, she laughs. But guess what? God gets the last laugh because it turns out one of those angels in the icon is her descendant. How choice is that? It's a circle in time. Now, there are so many interpretations of this icon that are possible. For example, Sarah and Abraham lived in a tent in their little spot in the desert. So that brings up this question, how does God pitch their tent with us? How does God be with us in our life when we are in the desert and we are suffering? Now, is the angel on the left God the Father in front of their house of many mansions where Jesus prepares a place for us.
Now, do you see in the background on the right-hand side, there is a mountain. A mountain is a symbolic place, a spiritual peak to encounter God through prayer and meditation. It can be a divine fulfillment. Is it the same one that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. described in his I've been to the mountaintop speech that he gave the day before he was murdered? Mount Freedom? When you contemplate the icon, you might think about what your mountaintop experiences have been. Now, who is that angel on the right? Do you see her? Is it the Holy Spirit? Listen, do you hear her? Now notice that solitary oak tree. Could it be the tree of life or the tree of Calvary arching over that angel in the center? Or maybe it's both the tree of life and the tree of Calvary, giving a nod to Jesus. And notice that each angel nods one to another. If you look closely and check out their seeing and beckoning eyes and their gesturing hands, you wonder what are they pointing to and looking at? Are they looking and pointing to each other? Hey, maybe they're saying, hey, what's up? Or, oh, maybe they're pointing to that chalice. See it on the table in the front? The chalice presents a portion of the host's meat offering. The angels are enjoying a meal in divine fellowship, an inclusive heavenly banquet. And we are all invited to that banquet. So you can pull up your chair. Just imagine this, pulling, on up, pulling up your chair at that open space right there. In front of the chalice, there's room in the front of the altar. George Herbert ends his poem titled Love with this line. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. Now, do you feel the gentle swaying and dancing movement of each angel toward the others? Beckoning you? It's a love dance, and love dance is inviting. And it is okay to sway a little bit or just say yes, to be embraced by love, to surrender and let God take the lead. By contemplating this icon, we transcend this world to other possibilities we are always becoming who we are destined to become. Your very being is a love prayer, melting away the restlessness of this life, and it's centered in God, in God, of God, about God, for God, enfolded, immersed, 
in a love which cannot be broken by any dark power of hatred or violence in this world, transcending inner and outer fear, transcending anxieties, transcending apprehensions and preoccupations. It is possible to live in the world, yet not be part of it, to keep a loose hold on this world, to be centered. In the recent past, our lives have been radically changed by this pandemic and other social changes. This is actually a very good time to step back and be intentional about who we are and what we do. What is really important? What really matters? To better go about the doing of life. Being better people, family, friends, partners, parishioners and workers, colleagues, citizens, and better disciples. As Henry Nouwen put it, through the contemplation of this icon, we come to see with our inner eyes that all engagements in the world can bear fruit only when they take place within this divine table. In the book of Hebrews, we, give the, we get this heads up. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Angels are messengers of love. Angels entertaining angels. A circle of love. Being a house of love. In today's reading from the Old Testament, after God touches Isaiah's lips with a live coal, firing him, up, firing him up, so to speak, Isaiah's guilt departs from him and his sin is blotted out. And as the Holy Trinity beckons Isaiah, the Holy Trinity also beckons us in this icon. Whom shall I send? and who will go for us.